0: Welcome to Rooted Within with Lily and Dan, a podcast that shines a spotlight on positive changemakers sharing their stories of legacy, inspiration, and impact. Each episode, Lily and Dan will speak to individuals who have made their dreams a reality, exploring their journeys, mindset shifts, and what motivated them. Join us as we explore the lives of those who are making a difference and let their stories inspire you to achieve your own goals. So we basically build stuff in the yard of the house, and then we do the, uh, the weddings and the uh, the whole catering, everything happens in the house. My father is, uh, he's a self-made man, completely, because my grandfather died in Abu Dhabi in an accident. I wanted a motorcycle when I was in the uh, uni, and then I somehow convinced my mom to sell a portion of her property. I don't want to put that overhead on me, the rent, and I choose to, uh, for three months I lived in my office, which was not legal. I went to the police and then I told him, you can check my bank statements, you can check all my records. I do not have money. I'm a big guy on YouTube and taking online help. I learned my guitar completely online. Now it's my fifth year being full-time musician and thankfully paying for all my troubles, paying for myself. I should have listened to my father. If I would have listened to what he said back then, this thing would have happened. Rooted Within with Lily and Dan.
1: Dan,
2: hi. hi. How are you? I'm like trying to think of something. Something to, say, but I, I've to do this nothing, week. have we got nothing, we I've got nothing. I've got nothing. But you know,
1: we'll come up with something for the we'll next episode. We'll come up with something.
2: Will, I'll, I'll get the brain turning. So. We have an incredible guest today. We do, don't we?
1: Yes. Who is it? Um, We have the wonderful Haida in the studio. Hey, Like break out into song or music or
0: something. Yeah, I'm used to singing a lot on the mic, not too much talking. (laughs)
2: Well, you you can sing your interview today. The
1: whole thing, like some sort of musical theatre episode. How are you doing? Great, great, great. Fasting
0: since it's Ramadan.
1: Oh, are you fasting today? Uh, No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um did you say fasting? Sorry.
0: Ah, uh, no, uh not completely, not thirty days at least. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. Try it on, and off, on and I, off, on I
1: did it yesterday for the first time. And it like was a completely very, like yeah. no water. How, nothing, how, did how did it go? It went really well actually. um coffee was the problem, like okay. lack of coffee. Okay. But yeah, I woke up at four AM, had the whole breakfast, went back to bed, was supposed to go to the gym, cancelled that, and then came into the office and didn't have food, water, coffee until um the end of the day. Did you have yeah. moments? Uh, it's just really difficult in the afternoon. I think we're yeah. going to get
0: closer to iftar time. Yeah. You're just
1: looking at that clock constantly going Waiting like, for calm, it. Come, come.
0: Especially when you have the food on the table, you're like, you just want to go at Exactly. <laughs> like. we, we,
1: we, we brought Caitlin into the office. So, anyway, yeah, it, was, it, was, it smelled amazing. <laughs> oh, at 4.30 pm. There's still does, two it hours left. It does ago. make you grateful. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that we, do <laughs> we have a habit of digressing on, um, on the podcast. Podcast, even. <laughs> podcast? Podcast. That's a new one. Yeah. I clearly need coffee. More coffee. But hey, welcome. <laughs> Thank
0: you so much. So much my pleasure. Cool. So, so you said you sing. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more. Well, uh, I have done almost seven hundred gigs, I think, in the last five years. Wow. Uh, so I've been doing how, residency. How do you even count that? It's like an estimation. Yeah. So basically what I do is we have the uh the contracts, right? The residency contracts. Yeah. So you kinda know how many days you perform in a week. You can calculate in a month. So how many months have you done the residency? You get uh-huh. almost an idea about how many gigs have you done in a and
1: where have you been performing? A, uh, last
0: year I was uh doing in blacksmith. Business ah, way, okay. Yeah, it's a steakhouse, pretty new, but very chill venue. I've not been there for a long time. No. Yeah, no, it's less than a year. It's okay. it's pretty new. Uh, yeah. yeah,
2: cool. So, so hold on. You just uh, decided to rock up to Dubai one day and sing? Have, no. have you always been singing? Oh, so how did you, how, you
0: end up here? Well, uh, singing, I think the first time I sang was uh, when I was eight. And it was not by, by choice. Uh, it was, I still remember the first time I, I was on the stage. So it was in the school and my art teacher kind of pushed me on the stage. Like there is the art, uh, arts day and then you have to perform something. Mm. So uh, he just, I don't know how he uh, he guessed I can sing. Yeah. or I did I you know even you able, could sing no <laughs> no not because I was I was shivering like literally shivering because you also no guitar
1: play, I was just saying because you also play an instrument uh, I I've seen you
0: perform with in an yeah, instrument yeah right? yeah yeah I, I picked up guitar like 12 years back that's okay. it yeah so well, I was around 18 I don't know <laughs> kind of uh, so no 20
1: yeah so before performing, like, where were you born and raised?
0: Uh, so I was born in
1: Saudi. That's what I remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. So you were born in Saudi, went to school in Saudi. No, no. Okay. So when you were eight and got pushed on stage, what country was were in you
0: India. in? Ah, okay. Yeah, so I was I was uh, in the school in India because uh, soon after I was born, we uh, the whole family moved back to India, and my uh, my family all stay there for around ten years uh, in India. My dad was in business initially; he's been in business since I started seeing him. So uh, and I did my studies, I did my uh, graduation in pharmacy, I did my post graduation in pharmacy. And it's a very yeah. serious job, uh, <laughs> but I, I've never worked as a pharmacist. <laughs> no. Because uh, uh, the pharmacy was not, it was again not my choice. Was, was that uh, your dad's choice? oh uh, well, kind of yes. Because okay. okay. that's
1: a, a cultural thing, isn't it? You know, like parents want particular jobs or Especially career choices. In India. Yeah, yeah, of course.
0: Because yeah. 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 the uh, my dad had uh, our business in Saudi was in the medical field. We had a clinic and stuff. So my brother, we both wanted to be uh, be engineers actually when we were studying like uh, in twelfth grade. So after that, when we were about to choose the uh, the graduation, and uh, he was my my brother chose. Engineering, that's it. He got in first. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So my dad was like, do you really want to do the same thing? Or uh, you want to maybe support me in the business, just get to uh, a medical background? So I was like, all right. And it was, initially the plan was uh, to be a dentist. So the suggestion, I would say. Another serious job. (laughs) So, but that didn't work out. So, and in between, we have, something called the entrance exam where we, we, we write in India where you write for the exam and then as per the score, you choose what course you want to go to. And it could be engineering or medical. So I appeared for the paramedical, the uh, the entrance exam. And then I scored well. I was actually good in studies, thankfully. I was the top uh, in uh, 10th grade. Uh, I did well in the 12th as well. So um, I was okay. So I did uh, the exam and I got complete scholarship for the graduation pharmacy. And then, then I was like, okay, this is cool. Like even uh, if you want to talk to your friends, Later on, you were like, "All right, I am studying for uh, for pharmacy completely on scholarship." That's, that sounded cool, actually. Yeah. So, and then I went to graduation, and then after that, he was like, "Anyway, you are studying. If you want to do a post-graduation, do it now. Once you finish the graduation, you don't want to start your career, and then when you are thirty or mid thirties, you don't want to come back and do the postgraduate." So I was like, "Okay, I'll do it in one stretch." So I did my post-graduation and then I moved back to a Saudi to a family business. So I spent almost just around one year. And the, the how old were you when you went back to Saudi? Oh, uh, 20-something? Yes, you're not old. Oh, yeah, No, yeah, no, no, no. So I went back, and the thing about family business is it's it is a business, but mm. you're still an employee of your father, right? Mm. Kind of, yeah.
2: It's a fine How, line, isn't it? Yeah, very, How
0: did that feel? How did that work uh, out? Not really work. Not really work. So I was actually dying to get out of there to do something, at least on my own, or uh, or maybe at least even I considered to get on a job, which I uh, which was I never been a person, or maybe because I didn't try, or maybe I'm used to seeing my father in business. I didn't want to get to a, into a job. So I was like thinking about the ways how I can move out with some business and I didn't have any capital of course uh, just fresh graduate so I held on for almost one year and then uh, in between my father used to travel every year to find new spots and new uh, things for for business and he found out that Indonesia is a very good place for exporting charcoal I don't know how many of us know that how random (laughs) did
2: did you know that no No. No. help for a quiz when (laughs) it
0: happens there you go it's a very like a very good source for charcoal like the okay. one for the barbecue and mm. everything most of the charcoal that at least I don't know now but back let's say six years back most of the uh, in the market the restaurants and everything they prefer Indonesian charcoal so it was really nice so I was in, like inter- uh, sorry Indonesia is uh, an amazing place it is indeed yeah. for me it's kind of the same as uh, I'm from Kerala okay, in India Kerala is beautiful Yes, yeah. 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 so it has like jungle vibes uh, tropical a lot of green a lot of green black backwaters and everything yeah. and then Indonesia was kind of the same except mm. for it was a bit more moist it was rainy. Most of the time, yeah, and but it was not a big change for me uh, mm-hmm. compared to uh, Saudi. So I moved to Indonesia. I, I mean, I pitched father, so let's do something there, yeah. Because he'd been talking about the charcoal. Let's do something there. Let's have some stuff there. So I was like, no, no, I I can go there. Like I can go there. I'll build it up, and you can also assist me. But that didn't work out hundred percent. So he was like, okay, we both go there. So like yeah. I'm trying to get away from yeah. you, <laughs> and he wants to come with you. Yeah, so because uh, for obvious reasons, because I'm new. And mm-hmm. I've, I haven't spent much time running a business. I have just followed the directions of my father in Saudi. That's it. So, of course, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. So, so he, he we both started that company there, exporting charcoal. And then we started exporting. Thankfully, my father had a bit of contact. So, we already had enough clients, customers to buy the stuff. So, we started exporting. And then that's when I realized like around, let's say, 75 to 80% of the goods come to UAE. Okay. And I was I was like... All right, there, there's another another rule for me to escape. So
1: I was because you'd never been to the UAE until this point. No, zero. No. And that was when you kind of it was on your radar in your agenda. So yeah, when I here. saw this
0: this this pattern. Okay. Just just
2: just a slight segue. Your dad' family business was pharmaceuticals.
0: Yes, clinic actually, yeah.
2: How and why did he go charcoal. into charcoal?
0: He's like that. So before- Like that's so random. Very. Just jumped into opportunities. Yeah, because okay. before- So he's that a businessman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he, he actually, we started the pharmaceuticals in uh, like around 20- 10, I believe, yeah. 2010, I think. That's how he, when he moved back. Because I was born and then 10 years we were in India. he moved back to Saudi looking for other opportunities. But during, when he was in India, he did things completely different. Uh, We had a a jewelry store, which is entirely different. And then we had, I don't know if you, uh, so back in India, we had, when we have marriages, we don't, we never used to have the auditoriums, like the, uh, uh, let's say the places where we host events, where we rent out. So Mm -hmm. we basically build stuff in the yard of the house. And then we do the uh, the weddings and the uh, the whole catering. Everything happens in the house. So we have to. We have those kind of companies. They come and set the whole thing up. Yeah. So he started that.
2: So did it make you wonder why he made you go study pharmaceutical?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So he was, uh, I think he already had the plan to get into pharmaceuticals because it's good money, one yeah. thing, and I don't know what else drove him to, towards that. But he had plans, of course, so that's, uh, that's could be the reason he mm. wanted me to get into that.
1: So to get from Indonesia to the UAE, what happened?
0: So from Indonesia, I pitched like, okay, this is 80% of the goods are going to uh, UAE, so why not we set up a company UAE and then uh, we bring this our own stuff and and then we distribute and also Jebel Ali Port is a really bloody good place to yeah really good mm. port very uh, we can redirect all the co- uh, containers to different parts very easy compared to any other countries let's yeah. say compared to Saudi at least Yeah. so I was like okay let's I pitched, I did all the research and I found how old you at this time so that was uh, 25, I think. So you're 25 25 you're 25. pitching business ideas to your dad yeah because I wanted to escape I, I don't know how much I made sense back then like for me it made sense yeah. as a 25 year old and who doesn't have any experience much experience it, for me it was like the best ideas. I'm bringing the best ideas onto the table. I don't know how my father felt. I
1: was like, was he supportive of those ideas?
0: Yeah, uh, he, he was kind of. But the one thing, so that was the reason I came to uh, to Dubai. So I was like, okay, let's set up a company. So I came here in 2015 for the first time. And then I came here for a visit a couple of times to see the market and then to talk to people about the, uh, the whole charcoal thing, the business. And I knew a few people here, but they didn't know anyone from charcoal. Yeah. But we kind of figured out, we uh, talked around, walked around, said, so and find a few people and then around in 2016 I decided to okay this is time let's do it Mm. so my father was like okay so let's do it not like you go and do it let's do it so I was like no this time I want to do something (laughs) something I'll do it you can direct me on how to do things because we already have stuff in Saudi we already have stuff in Indonesia Uh, I don't want you to run around I was being the uh, the loving son uh, not to have my father run around for stuff okay this time let me take care of this
1: because I guess you wanted to be independent at that point yeah
0: Yeah. So it was due to selfish reasons. I need to get out of the bubble. So that's how I came to Dubai. And the problem was, uh, not the problem, I would say, my father is, uh, he's a self-made man completely. Whatever he has made for himself, he made it completely, 100%. Because my grandfather died actually in Abu Dhabi in an accident back when he was around seven, in the seventh grade. Yeah. So that was like a long time ago. I think back then we had around, I think, less than 50 Indians in UAE completely. Wow. So back then, whoever was here, they knew. They don't know the person, but they knew okay, one guy from this place was in an accident. He died. So that kind of and so And so whatever he made for himself, he made for himself. So for me, I had that thing in my head like okay, my father made a life for himself. Now I want to do that for myself. So that was another problem because my father does not listen to anyone, but he directs people. Yeah. Because he's experienced and he has that thing that because he didn't have father growing up when he was a teenager so he did everything by himself so he has that thing in the head like I know how to do things and he mm-hmm. did right the things right and I have seen him fallen down for a couple of times and then he gets back up so I, that's what I saw growing up yeah. so I want that for myself and the problem here is my father wants to direct me on how to go and I'm his blood so I don't want to listen to anyone because yeah. my father I never <laughs> seen my father listen to anyone and that started creating issues a bit, of, ten- issues, a bit of tension very much yes because uh, yeah, that's my stepfather is very stubborn and so I started lying to him about things I would say uh, I started covering up things because I wanted to do things my way yeah which is like a young blood I would say yeah. and uh, uh, I haven't got much idea and this is a completely new country. I don't know how things work here. All I know is a bit of experience from Saudi, a bit from Indonesia. That's it. I don't know how things work here. So I was like, I know how to do things, which apparently I didn't. So <laughs> I was like, well, you, you were quite stubborn yourself then. Yeah.
1: In terms of thinking that you could do everything.
0: Yeah. I was like overconfident, doing. I would say. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I know everything. I have watched it. I watched you do things. I know how to do things.
1: Why Why was it so
2: important for you to um, prove yourself to your dad?
0: I know the the point was actually proving things to myself. To yourself, and I felt like I was in a shell because I there was I didn't see myself taking decisions for myself mm. because the studies was not my choice. Graduation, post graduation was at least he suggested. And now what I realize is I'm responsible because I said mm. yes. So at the end mm. of the day, I'm responsible. But back then I was like, this is not my choice. You made the choice. You made the choice. So I wanted to do something. I wanted to choose my own things. You had your own I freedom. Think- yeah. And this was a break if from the shell. This is, there's no father. There's nobody to tell me what to do I mean, virtually. Yes, but not in person. I don't have to go face him and then he direct me. Okay. Do this this way. So this was like complete breakout. So, uh, I went crazy. And, uh, even when I was doing the studies, I, I'm so much into motorcycles like way back then. I started riding motorcycles. I think when I was 14 years old, uh, I couldn't even climb up the, so I, I would <laughs> jump on it and then, uh, move it. So I wanted a motorcycle when I was in the, uni. And then I somehow convinced my mom to uh, to sell a portion of her property back then, <laughs> which he had, because my dad won't give me money. It, it was not about money. He was like, no, no, no motorcycles. You do not. Because I don't know, for some reason he was against motorcycles. You managed
1: to convince your mom to sell I did. property. I did. To get a motorbike. <laughs> yes. Wow. Usu-
2: <laughs> usually it's the dad that would cave in yeah, for probably, a motorbike, oh, not a mom. I don't think my
1: mom would no. sell property for a No, no. Really? For, I, I believe absolutely for not. Mom, it
0: was uh, not about the motorcycles. It was doing something. Okay. My son asked something. he his dad won't allow him, so let me do this for him. Okay. So I think that was the uh, the uh, the. She, she
2: wanted to give you your freedom.
0: Yeah, m- possibly. Yeah, the, now when I think of it, yeah, maybe. Because my dad was really clearly very stubborn, and mm. everybody in the family knows it. Yeah. So, uh, so I think so. I convinced my mom. I bought the motorbike and it went to a crazy point. Even I, I lied to obviously. I lied to my father. I don't have a motorbike. I don't. I don't use any. Uh, but he got to know about it, and I. I was doing my studies around, let's say, six hundred kilometers away from my uh, from my home. Even then, he found his contacts there to check about me wow. r- riding a motorcycle. So he was that. Let's say I wouldn't say controlling, but he was that. Aware of things, plus he wanted to know everything.
2: That is a bit controlling. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you know why I wanted to break up. Okay. So it was uh, all these, I think all these contributed towards that to uh, have something of my own. But what happened when you broke out and you got to the UAE? Because some of the Business decisions you made, very
1: bad. Took you to wrong. some
0: interesting places. Yes. So initially, the first year, I would say it was mostly a part of me being a rebel. Mm-hmm. I don't want to listen to anyone. I know how to do things. At least that's what I thought back then. I know how to do things. I did almost any bad decision you can make. I you won't believe. Uh, so at the time, you thought they were good decisions. Yes. You were not deliberately making no, bad decisions. No, no. And also, that was 2015. I think that was the me getting a bit active on social media, and it was all. Like entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs everywhere, and I was like, okay, now I've got a business. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm doing things, and i even I, I, I think I posted things about entrepreneurship on my socials. It was so childish. <laughs> well, you were inspired. You wanted to be a leader. You wanted to yeah start the uh, business. But I think I was kind of pretending back then. Okay, but I didn't, I didn't know on how to do things. I say, do you f- know fake,
2: fake it till you make it yeah. kind of thing? Yeah,
0: exactly. That's what I was doing. So, I was saying, did you know what an entrepreneur was? No, not entirely. No, it was just like owning a business and it's going to run. That's some kind of confidence. It's going to run. Uh, because I have kind a kind of a lot that happens in between. <laughs> Very much. And which I learned the hard way because I, I was like, okay, I've got a backup. I have the investments and uh, I have seen how the business runs. So I was like, okay, everything's in place. Everything goes. And even uh, I knew shit about uh, accounting. Zero knowledge, nothing. And I didn't even put an accountant for for the business. I was like, I know how to do things. I was that idiotic wow and because you said you learned the hard way what were some of those lessons so initially in uh, the first year I didn't even calculate the profits in terms of like when you're selling goods you know you have to take in account of everything the logistics the staff the the utilities and everything and then you calculate the profits you balance the books yeah for me, it was not like that. I didn't even, because I didn't know and I didn't listen to my father. So I was like, I'm buying goods this, in this rate, this is what I'm selling and that was my profit.
1: And was your father telling you that you were making mistakes at this time?
0: Initially, yes. And you just choose to ignore him? Yeah, completely. I was an idiot. <laughs> but he
1: didn't,
2: Fly over at the first sign and go, he, idiot. He tried.
0: <laughs> he I, Well, he said onto my face, no, you. this is not how you do things. But for me, back then I was like, no, he's trying to control me. No. Not He's not telling me how to do things. My mind sort of straight away went to that point of he's trying to control. But me. it wasn't constructive. It wasn't supportive. It was control. Yeah. yeah. Which it was actually constructive, which I didn't, I failed to understand. So a uh, like huge loss I would say the first first year uh, but which do have, I Do you have a number? Uh, the first year was not that bad compared to I would say the third year uh, the- <laughs> Okay so we jumped two
1: years anyway Yeah so, I'm assuming you made a loss in year two as well
0: Yeah the first year the first year but I kind of uh, got back up uh, the first year was bad in terms of profit which is mostly for the part that I didn't know how things work here in UAE yeah. and also I, I didn't know how the business works and then I slowly corrected it and then goes the next year I was building things Things back up. And the third year came in, uh, let's say it's in uh, 28, sorry, it was in late second year, I would say, 2017, which I didn't realize things falling down, which I only realized in 2018, I believe, because I. It was too late. It was too very late. And I refused to look into how deep I was, uh, how deep of shit I was in. Did you understand you're in shit or you just yeah. chose to ignore it? No, uh, I knew I was in shit, but I didn't know how deep I was. Okay. Until uh, What was the moment that you knew you were in shit? I started having problems in finance, the the money part. And what type of problem? So but I had, when things went right, let's say after the first year, things went right. I knew how to do things and I wanted to scale the business. And I didn't have a plan B, which was one of the mistakes I made. I didn't know how, if I fall down... Uh, I don't know what I would do because I didn't even think about that. So I was like, okay, this is going good. I was making, let's say, good profit after the first year because now I know how to calculate things. I I was okay with the numbers, but still I was idiotic in a few things, which made my year, So, uh, so things were going good. And the mistake, not mistake, I would say the mistake was not having plan B. But at that time, I took investments from uh, a few relatives because they were seeing things going good. They were like, okay, now this kid has, he's learned a few things. Okay, let's put some money. And they were like, okay, they're confident in me. So there is something happening. Did they ever ask for a business plan or details or they invested in you? No, because the, uh, the, the brand was my father. Got you I was my father's son. So they knew my father how he does business. Well and they I was expected
2: that one way or another he would he had his hand in it. Yeah. Not realizing that you, didn't you were, let yeah. him have yeah,
0: his hand You were, in rebelling, it. You were, it you were rebelling against it. Yeah. So Oof. they put in many of my relatives put in money, and even I took money from my, a few of my friends. Did your dad know that you were taking money no, from the relatives? No. Oh, jeez. No. So oh, two, uh I've <laughs> Talk about creating yeah, a nice I'll, stew for like, yourself. Really here, one yeah. was my cousin and uh one was my cousin cousin which my father didn't know but I took from my one of my uh, my father's cousins which is more like my uncles Mm. two uncles which obviously my father knew because they were in close contact so he was like okay if you can do it do it so initially when I started the business here and I said I will do it on my own there was one thing my father said that which which actually given how I proceeded with going back to my father for when I had was in shit so the one thing he said was still remember uh, if you make money out of this he gave me the investments he gave me the plan of This is how you should be doing. And he told me, if you're making money out of this, you take it. Like, I do not want the profits. I'm okay for myself. You do not have to take care of me. I I have built things for myself. So don't worry about that said. But if you fuck it up, deal with it. You're paying for it. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Because no. I didn't see about the bad side of it. I was like, okay, I can you make money. You were oblivious. Yes, I can make money and it's all mine. That's the only thing which went to my mind. The rest
2: was blah, blah, <laughs> yeah, blah, yeah. blah noise It was
0: all muffled. Mm. <laughs> but the bad stuff came. It, it. That's what mattered at, at the end. What happened? So, so the investment came in. Yeah. Things went very good. And in twenty late 2017, we had a bit of issues were not in my control, but how I dealt with it was really bad. So what happened is I used to trade around 10 containers of charcoal, 40 feet every month. So it was around, let's say, around more than quarter million uh, in turnover every month. And me being idiotic, I should underline that. So... Uh, and it was going good. So the problem was being the charcoal a DJ dangerous good and the shipping lines had a few restrictions going forward. So a few shipping lines, they uh, they stopped taking charcoal. So my line of supply started getting interrupted because I yeah. couldn't supply continuously. And I had a few clients, big clients, who initially started with cash and then later on I moved to credit, which was rule number one. My father said, in UA, do not touch credit. And I was like, I didn't tell him about the credit thing. I was like, I need to scale. him Business and this is good profit. And I talked to my suppliers and they were ready to give me, uh, supply me for credit on credit. So I was like, no money involved. I'm making this chunk of profit every month. But it went all bad when the the material didn't come on time. And uh, and then the buyers started having issues. And the problem was, I had material which came in, I sold already. And uh, the buyers haven't paid me yet. And it's time for me to pay the suppliers. And it was huge chunks of money. And in the desperation, I took out a loan which shouldn't have done. I never consulted anyone. I took a loan, I took more investments. How much was the loan for? Ah, oh, the loan was just around very little 100,000 mm, dirhams. Yeah. yeah, I mean, back then uh, considering the uh, the turnover every month yeah, it was 100,000
2: dirhams that you didn't, you didn't have.
0: Yeah. And I didn't have any plan how to uh, how to pay it back. For me, it was like all good things coming forward because yeah. now I have the money. I have uh, filled the space of the uh, of the money shortage. I'm doing things right. That's yeah. what, how I thought. Now I managed it somehow. Uh, but essentially, you're
1: not managing cash. flow, No, are you?
0: no, not at all. And then not just that, I took more investments from my friends because I was paying them uh, profit till let's say two months back and I told them, okay, this is the, these are the problems but I can sort it out if you can put in more money.
1: So you're essentially getting more money to fix the problems yes like we're creative but by doing that creating more problems yes.
0: And then they, uh, uh, I had a 20,000 square feet warehouse in, uh, in Saja industrial area and I was paying rent there and my trade license, it was general trading. And then uh, I had around 17 staff to pay in salary because we were having around eight vehicles running around UAE to supply in retail. Plus I was supplying wholesale, like in containers as well. So 17 staff plus I had an uh, office in uh, Dubai. So everything got me, the, the rents started piling up.
2: Decent amount of overhead
0: there. Very much. Uh, and, and did you understand how much your overheads were at the time? No, no. That's what I said. I didn't know. And I refused to check how deep of a shit I am in because I didn't maybe I think it was a part of me being scared of knowing how much trouble you are in well
2: you know it's that, that ostrich with his head in the sand yeah. kind of a yeah, thing
0: yeah I was not ready to face how much trouble I was in so I was like okay I'm sorting things I'm sorting this. this is gonna be okay this is gonna be okay but when was it not okay uh, 2018 when uh, my checks started bouncing Ooh. the rent checks started bouncing I held a few uh, but I couldn't hold them for long so my checks started so bouncing so you were giving checks out knowing that
1: they were bounce.
0: Uh, a few towards later yeah. stage I knew that would bounce but for me I was scared to tell them or maybe I was I don't know uh, would, uh, would embarrassed yeah I, I, I didn't want to tell them that I'm in shit yeah instead well, you, sort of
2: on a women of prayer that everything's just going to fall yeah. into place yeah
0: kind inshallah. of inshallah yes that was the
1: thing. And then and back then, I think, if you were to bounce checks, especially you- a number of checks, then it's jail time. Jail it, time. Is,
0: it is. You straight away go to uh, to the police. And, uh, well, I learned a lot of things in what legality happened- during this book. But- what
2: happened to you with the bounce checks?
0: Well, uh, initially, I could hold a few. Even when they were bounced. One good thing I did at least was I managed a good uh, relationship with everyone. So uh, even when I was in shit, I didn't actually ignore anyone. I was answering everybody's calls and I was telling, okay, this is going to be okay. So I'm you sorry. didn't disappear? No. So which actually I think which build up a trust in other people that, okay, this guy's well, clear. Yeah, it helps.
2: Yeah. So, like, you know. yeah. Were
1: you honest with people in terms of how much... The problem
0: was no no i wasn't and even well, you weren't
2: even honest with yourself you about, didn't even know <laughs> no
0: no uh, i i knew i was too deep in shit but not how much and i knew when i was issuing checks and i uh, i even plain lied to people uh some people when i didn't have money in the account i was like yeah by the end of the day the money's going to be in account don't worry to oh, because I knew <laughs> yeah i could i should have just be it in, it. In, yeah, courageous to tell them so no. What, please. What oh. was rock bottom? The rock bottom was initial. The first thing I hit was I wanted to keep my reputation. What I where I'm living in, nobody knows. Like they know, but they are not gonna look into my life, like personal life. But they're gonna see how my business goes. So the choice I made was I vacated my my uh, my apartment because. Uh, I don't want to put that overhead on me, the rent. And I choose to, uh, for three months, I lived in my office, which was not legal. In uh, I had, back then I had an office in Horlands and I lived there and the the challenging part was you have to get in your office in the evening before eight o'clock because you cannot let the security see you getting into the office and staying there because it was not allowed. Okay. So I need to make sure I get back in the office before eight. So I did that. And then around nine, I think I'd switch off all the lights. Around 10, they close the gates. But before that, he takes a round. So so by then, there are no lights. So I was in the dark in the office. There was no lights. I would just stay there silent no sounds, phones on silent, everything. And then after around ten thirty, I turn on the lights. Uh, lights, go to the washroom, whatever I have to do, and then I sleep there. And in the morning, I cannot get out until nine or after nine because the security opens the gates at around I think eight, seven thirty, eight, and I can't let him see me coming out to the uh, the office early mm-hmm. in the morning because that would raise the question of me living in the office. So after I wait till around nine, I would go out and next to the building it was there was a gym. So the gym membership was way, way cheaper than my rent. So so I took the membership in the gym. So so in the morning I would go straight to the gym I would do some basic workout I would take shower get ready there
2: but so. no one the security didn't find it really odd that every morning you're walking out he instead see. of walking in
0: because the, the thing was I chose the gap when he goes for the breakfast because he comes opens the uh, the whole gates and take a round yeah, and then he goes breakfast. for breakfast so, and okay. that was yeah and also in the morning that's the time when people come in and they keep the stuff they punch in and many people go because it was a huge building and there yeah. are a lot of offices people come in, go out come and go out so even if I'm going Going out, he wouldn't notice because I I was just dressed okay I was not in the uh, pajamas so it was okay and security was not there so I go to the gym I work out I take shower and then I uh, start my work and because I needed to save all the money so that I'm not stuck uh, without being able to pay for the petrol or stuff so that was around for three months that happened and then slowly I started fixing things at least for myself and then I moved uh, to an apartment again but a very small one and then I started paying rent there and then after fast forward a few months again I couldn't control the expenses money didn't come as expected and I have taken money from a lot of people so and then it was around like 2018 I would say half of 2018 the choice was now it's high time I should look into how uh, and by the time I'm, I'm a big guy on YouTube and taking online help I studied I learned my guitar completely on it. I never yeah. went to a, a, a guitar class in my life so I was like I know the resources are there and then I started looking up things okay what to do what I'm in mean, shit now what so everything about the financial thing everything said that you know, you have to know how much shit you are in so you can plan forward Yeah. so finally I sat down and then calculated how much of a shit I'm in and it was more than a million a and million was, dirhams a million dirhams that you that At you that, owed out Oh uh, yeah in checks, in bounce checks, in investments, because I already decided I'm not going forward with the charcoal thing because I cannot take more overheads. But I didn't know, I didn't have a plan B. So I was... How did you feel when you calculated that? Oh, it was my heart just was kind of drowning. There was a heat inside my uh, myself, but I don't know how I kind of held on. Hold on. So you decided to stop the business? Yeah.
2: So there was... At no that income. point in time, not no income. No income. And a million Durham debt. Yeah. Yeah. And with you still bounce have, checks.
0: With bounce
1: checks. And overheads to pay because you still need to live and and, e- and money
2: that you took from family.
0: Yes. And but <laughs> Ouch! again, uh I didn't actually sell it. Still tell didn't anyone.
2: still didn't lifeline yeah didn't the ego wouldn't let you pick up that it fight. was
0: clearly the ego and also yeah. my ma- maintaining my reputation of somebody who's the son of a good pride. businessman yeah pride that was the thing which was the whole I think the whole problem with me was I couldn't be seen as somebody who's a failed guy or a failed yeah. businessman be coming from the background of my father so I wanted to keep up to that so I decided to stop the business but I was still chasing the payments I have to come yeah which people paid in parts which I took for my own survival I didn't pay people back because I needed to survive and I didn't tell anyone that I am stopping the business for almost a year I didn't tell anyone I was like yeah I'm sorting things out I need time that was my my lines to people so in 2018 is that's when I didn't have anything to do except for chasing payments and figuring out what's next and in between uh in 2018 is when I think 2016 after I came out I bought a small guitar Uh, just to play because I was doing good Uh, back then things were good Uh, so I was like okay now I can have some music I can bring that back my music stuff I was sitting at home and playing and in 2018 I uh, what was that the joeinaband.com or something there was a website so I joined that in 2016 I believe so in 2018 I got the email that somebody texted me for the first time after two years like would you love to come over let's jam kind of thing his name is Ian Barnett one of my greatest friends I I would say mentor Uh, he's very much elder to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not here and he moved out. But uh, that was the first time I got into networking in terms of music. So I was like, okay, I need a break from all these things. And even I was just let's say, hiding away from all the so pressure. music instantly.
2: sort of saved you. Uh, it,
0: yeah. It became your lifeline. Mm. Yes. And I, I never thought so. Uh, like, even then I didn't have a plan for music to be my profession because where I come no, from... No, but as
2: in music, uh, music became a sanctuary for yes. you. It became, it, yes. It became, it saved you. Yes. It saved like the, from the darkness. Yes.
0: So that was when uh, we met up in his villa in, uh, in Jumeirah Park. So uh, we met up, he also brought a few other musicians, the same way he texted them. And we kind of formed a band. Just like a house. We just want to play a jam. That's it. And that was my my relief, I would say, from everything. Because every, everybody are total strangers. They don't know where I'm coming from. They yeah. don't know my problems. So it was like a new life for me. So I kept going, going, going. And in between, again, there was no income. And I couldn't balance my expenses. And also, I'm going to meet them. And I'm going to dinner with them. And I need a... It so was, yeah, you're getting deeper. Yes. And then, the so I chose not to, uh, not to pay my utilities. And then use that money for my food and the travel to network. And even then I didn't have any clue. I didn't even plan to make this a profession. I was like just an escape from everything. So that's when uh, my utilities started piling up. And then initially at first, they disconnected the electricity at my apartment, which was not too bad, I would say. I didn't feel that it touched me much because I was traveling. I was in other places. I charged yeah. my phones and laptops in my oh, you car. You just went
2: and slept there.
0: Yeah. I just went to sleep there. And I had my water. I could take shower and everything. Eventually, they disconnected my water. So that actually was like hitting the fan because that's when I realized how important the water supply is. <laughs> because basically in the morning, you need to take shower. mm mm-hmm. Even worse, you need to go to washroom. Yeah, that was the worst thing because uh, and then, but I didn't have a choice, and my ego wouldn't let me ask money from anyone. So I was like, no, I'm gonna handle it by myself somehow. So I went to. Well, I guess you uh, couldn't get
1: money from anyone else now because you've exhausted yeah. resources. Yes. You've asked pe- money from people. Now previously.
0: people so, started but, talking. But
2: people, but people were still chasing their money, right? Yes. Like the problem doesn't go away. No, no. I Which even
0: had, worse. Yeah, yeah. very so uh, your dad
2: didn't pick up the phone at this point and go hey what's no, going but on so I'm getting calls
0: he, he was calling me I didn't pick up I didn't pick up my because didn't I didn't fly want to talk out. to him uh, no he didn't come actually he had a back surgery so he was in the back in India uh, wow. the treatments and rest and I didn't travel to India also I was like I need to sort a few things even to my family I didn't uh, my father never used to tell anything from the work at the home so home was completely different work stays completely separate I did I was, the same thing
1: I said but with chasing money it got worse even still didn't it, it, Just, it, it you it, spent it. time in jail
0: I did. So what happened was uh when I didn't have the water I used to go to the petrol stations and the malls if I need to go to washroom because there was no choice I can't flush anything if I go to washroom at home. Still it go to uh, like thing that really stuck with me was uh like in the middle of the night you want to go And you Mm -hmm. can't just take the car and find a petrol station to go and you still have to go to the washroom and then you have to go and in the morning you have to wake up with the smell from the washroom and that was really bad. Mm. And that's when I started this is not going right. And then on top of that, I had uh, a few, uh, not my relatives, but a few other investors. There was one family who was like, who got to a point where I can't blame them because it's their money and it's I'm not paying them back. So they were at a point where they were like, I'm going to go to your home and I'm going to stay there at your home until you pay me money. Even got worse when they said it was a uh, lady because the, the, her husband lost job or something. So she said, I'm going to go with my kids and I'm going to suicide in front of your mom unless you pay me money. And then they they went to my home, but obviously they didn't suicide or do anything, but they went to my home okay, to Okay, hold talk. on, hold on, hold on, hold
2: on. When you, when you get someone saying to you, if you don't get me my money, I'm going to go suicide in front of your home. What goes through your mind at that point? You've, you've got someone saying that they're going to kill themselves because yeah. of
0: you. I don't know. A blind confidence and, and you, that and, you, and you would you do kept, that.
2: And you kept turning a blind eye to it.
0: No, I actually talked to her. Like I that's got to get you. Yeah, that's that really got me. But for me... I don't think my priority was actually my reputation for some reason, which was not good. For me, it was like, no, I'm going to spoil my name because nobody at home knows how deep of a shit I'm in. If they go to my home, everybody's going to get to know. Because for me, for our house, actually my house, actually my, my family house and my two uncles' homes, everything was in one single big yard. If somebody goes to my home, everybody gets to know. So that was what's going on in my mind. And I was like, no, this can't happen. And I was trying to tell her, give me some more time, give me some more time. But they went, actually, they didn't go for Swiss, but they went and talked. And that's when things got to my, started to get to my family. Yeah. And everybody started talking. Shit hit the fan. Very much so. Uh, and How did you feel then? I don't know. Uh, it's That how, stage. Like
2: uh, wh- where, How did your, how did your pride come into it then? Was that still more important than anything else?
0: If being honest, yeah, kind of. I was, I was still... Being idiotic and then talking to people like I'm going to sort this out. Don't worry, I've got things in control. And even during that's the period when my bounce checks started, that everything
2: who so sent you to jail?
0: Yeah. So the the checks came in, the bounce checks. A few of them waited. They were still waiting. But and people knew- people started to cash them. Some, yeah, some people they were like, we cannot wait anymore. It's yeah. it's we it's we understand you are in trouble, but we need the money. Like it's our money. We need the money. So they started to call in the debt. Yeah. Uh, they started calling the dad and then here, the checks were here. I, I issued a few checks there. asked a guarantee checks in India where I did Most of was me. in the UAE. Yeah, most was in UAE. Was illegal to have a bounce check at the time. Very bad. So uh, the first case came in and uh, that's when I started panicking because now... It is going to be jail. And did the police contact you? Yes, they did. So the first time when they called me up, they said, uh, like, this is what's the thing. There is a bounce check. You have to come and settle this. So I, I don't know. I was, I had some kind of courage to tell everyone that, okay, I'm gonna make fix this for some reason. I don't know how I did that. I even told the police, "Give me some time. I'm sorting this out." For some reason, the guy was kind enough. They said, okay, take this much time.
2: Well, they're, they're very compassionate, like very. They're, oh they're, my the, God. The, the Dubai police. That their aim is never to throw someone yeah. in jail. They yeah. will work with you. Yeah, so not
1: to get to that point. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> I, I don't think it was necessarily the charm. It's it's yeah. It's, it's this country. A, we're a, in a very lucky country. But very.
1: eventually, you got to the point. Yeah. where they did arrest you. Yeah. And be- you went to jail.
0: Yeah, because they, they gave me the time. I couldn't come up with the money, obviously. So uh, the previous day they called me and that's when I started panicking. I knew the next day morning, I have to go to the police station. If not, it's going to be worse yeah. because they, someone knew they ha- you have to go there. You have to go. That's them. it. So that's when I started panicking and that's the first time I'm, uh, I called my father up and I told him I fucked up. I fucked up completely. I need help. So I knew my father could solve everything in a in a snap. He was able to, thankfully he was well, doing well. So, but what he told me was, this is your problem. You sort it out. And that's when I remember what he told me the first day, but I couldn't digest it. I was like, okay, I had that confidence where uh, whatever happens, if things go very worse, I got my family to back me up, but that's also gone now. So... uh, Well,
2: you asked for it though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You wanted that independent. I did. You you
2: wanted to be independent.
0: I did. So uh, that's when I, I I was completely shattered after that call. I was I would say irritated, sad, angry, everything. And then uh, I don't know what all I told my father that on that call. I was like very pissed off and at him. At him, hmm. not me. Like till then, it was not my fault. For me, it was like your decision. Yeah, but it was. You. It was me. It was you and your ego. Yeah. Guys. So I was like, I told this. This uh, I still regret telling him certain things to him on the face. Like I was like, okay, I don't need my family. I don't need father. I'll do it on myself. If you cannot help me, that's it. This is the end.
2: Well, I don't think it which, was. He cannot help you. He chose. He not
0: chose to. not to. Which now thinking about that, I am glad you the actually. Best
2: lesson. Yeah,
0: because it taught me a lot of came things. Came at a
2: price though. Yeah,
0: very. So the next day I went to uh, that night. I I went to sleep knowing the morning I have to go to jail. So I went to bed. Next day morning I took my car. Went to the because there was no choice. I mean, yeah, you, you cannot run away from Dubai police. Yeah. So I went to the Rashid. Uh, no, it wasn't Rashid. It was uh, Murakabad I believe. I'm okay. Not sure. Yeah, knife. Uh, sorry, it was knife. The, there was another one in the. Rashid but this was the first time I went to the police sorry did you say this was the first time yeah so there were multiples? There were. Okay, well, let's let's
2: start with the first one. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: we don't like an episode two. It's a long one. No, so I went to Knife uh, and then I told him, this is the thing. You can check my bank statements. You can check all my records. I do not have money. Even if you st- ask me to pay now, I do not have it in my hand. So I can go in. There is no choice. Uh, or I need to sort the things out because I need to be outside, at least to look for a work and at least to look for to chances to make it. money. Of course. Yeah. So, but he, he was kind enough. So he said, okay, do one thing. Uh, There was an option to pay the fine. And even I didn't have the money to pay the fine. So I told him I don't have. So he gave me some time, pay the fine. And then you sold this. There's nothing else I can do. If you do not do that also, I have to put you inside. And when did they put you inside? So this one, uh, it was in Ajman. The one, yeah. the first time I went to jail was in uh, in Ajman. Yeah, that was for my. Uh, I was living in Ajman, and my utility check because I couldn't pay in cash. Yeah. Again, I did the blunder of giving check. But how many times did you
1: go to jail in total? Uh, three. All for the same type of thing, for bouncing checks. checks and for, yes. for money mismanagement and yes. everything
0: else. All, my, all the problems in my life, I've been one for my ego, one for me being my idiot. And third thing, bad financial management. So in terms of like, blind,
1: where you are today, how did you go from being at rock bottom, in jail, massive money issues yeah. to where you are right now? Like, Has it been resolved? Is it still a problem? Uh,
0: I would say uh, it hasn't been resolved completely, but at least I, I, I can say I paid around 70% of that. Okay. The last. So
2: you you, you have no danger of going back to jail, or is it still looming?
0: No. No, hopefully, uh, so far, because the way I uh, I used to, uh, because as I said, I, I researched around uh, on how to solve the financial issues, and one thing, one resource I found it was Dave Ramsey. I'm sure you might have heard. Okay, Dave Ramsey is a good financial advisor, and he's a no bullshit guy. <laughs> so that actually got. So I was like, okay, this is my trouble. I am in deep shit. I accepted. Finally, I accepted. And had you accepted at that point? So uh, there was no choice. I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, was I like, guess jail humbled you in many ways.
0: Yeah, the jail humbled me, and and there was no. Choice, I would say there was no choice, and there was no hiding. It element. was high time, yeah. There was no hiding it. It was high time I accept what I I am in. And then the the whole plan was like I need to sort out the things which can bring my survival problem like the checks uh the checks and which which what all can bring the uh the uh, the legal issues i'd say so the first i prioritized whatever the checks were and whatever i could hold uh i held on whatever i couldn't hold i started and that's when i got into music and then 2018 i performed on i think 150 gigs for free didn't get paid anything uh because that was my escape i didn't I didn't care about the money. I just want to be free go into a new crowd. And then at the end of 2018, I got my first contract for residency. That was very low paid. uh, But that was, back then it was money. And it was a catalyst for you to get back on your feet. Yeah. So I was like, okay.
2: So you used your music to pay for your debt?
0: Completely. Nothing else. Completely. So for my first uh, contract, I got my first contract and then I and then now I have a figure what's going to come every month. So I planned in such a way that whatever the serious ones, the checks and the legal issues, I met them who, Whoever I can meet, uh, the checks, uh, whatever it is, I went to the police. I went to the court and laid out my plan. This is the thing. I cannot do anything now, but I now I'm earning this. I need time. So for some, with some people, I could do that. Whatever I couldn't do, I somehow managed it, paying at least a bit. And initially, I I sorted out whatever the check issues were, which took some time. And then uh, after that, I I started paying the small debts. Like there were like very small ones, even one thousand, five thousand. 10,000 dirhams debts from my friends for my survival yeah i the money i took I started clearing them off slowly. And then uh, I, I had a plan like in three phases of clearing the debt, which was like, I didn't even expect me to clear in three, four years. I was like at least five years. So initially the first one was the legal issues. Second thing was my close uh, connections, which actually trusted me. Yeah. which didn't make issue, but I had to pay them back like close friends, which I took the money So and the small debts. So I cleared that. And the third phase was I cannot clear them in one or two months for So What I made a plan was every month I'm going to pay them in a specific, specific amount okay well 1k goes there 5k goes here yeah so everybody gets some money yeah rather than them waiting endlessly because they, they they've lost in trust well the, yeah. the
2: faith comes back right yeah
0: so uh, because even if i tell next month i'm gonna pay they don't trust me because for obvious reasons so when do you envisage that you'll be able to pay everything back uh, in two more years Wow. yeah i should That's be... been a big journey yeah so, so,
2: what's what's the biggest lesson you learned about ego?
0: I don't be an idiot. Basically, don't be like me. <laughs> no, the thing is, I was I was ready to learn, but from, not from my father. Maybe because I was I just wanted to break out. But I was I was learning from the online content for some reason. I was ready to learn from that because so you,
2: you were willing to learn from complete strangers yes. over the success of your own father, yes. who you say is a self-made man. Yeah, which the, I should what have is, listened what, to my When father. you hear that, what do you think when you hear that? It's back to you.
0: I would say I I I was very blind and I was selfish in many reasons. As for my reputation, my name in the market, my uh, everything about myself, I knew people were in trouble because of me not paying them back. But for me, I convinced myself that I was helpless. I mean, even if I want to, I cannot do anything. But I should have at least been a bit more proactive and finding ways Mm. to pay them back, which I didn't. I was just finding for escape to. Move away from the problems, which actually worked out good in terms of the music. Yeah. Music was my escape. But after I got my first contract, things thankfully touched wood. The music went really well for me. I never expected it to. Uh to I now it's my fifth year being full-time musician and thankfully paying for all of my troubles, paying for myself
1: and doing something you enjoy and you find a release mm, exactly, and escape. Exactly. If you could go back and give one piece of advice mm. to yourself just before you embark on this journey, what would it be? Uh I should have listened to my father. Um,
0: should I have listened to my father? because... He Whatever he made sense to me after I realized how things went wrong. I didn't even look at how things went wrong. I, I only realized it after when I started looking into things so that I didn't want to make the same mistakes later on. Yeah. And when I realized how all I made mistakes, it made sense whatever he said. Okay, if I would have listened to what he said back then, that thing, would not this happen. thing wouldn't have happened. Wow, it, that's a hard learning yeah. curve. Yeah. So
2: do you, when you need to make decisions now with your career, with your business and that, do you pick up the phone and talk to your dad? Uh,
0: Well, that's a thing because after that thing, uh, he doesn't talk to me anymore. Ouch. So, uh, even when uh, my grandma died, uh, his mom died, I tried uh, calling him. He didn't pick up. Oh, how? Just just to stop that. That's huge. Yes. uh, So, but I... Now, whatever happened to me, I accept it because it was, I brought all these things for myself. But at the same time, this is one thing I want to fix in the long run because I don't want my next generations to learn from this. Because I, I, uh, there are many things I learned which I want to give to my next generations, my kids or grandkids or anything going forward. But this one, I don't want the kids or grandkids to go seeing me not having a good relationship with my father. I'm
2: going to ask a question that could be a little bit harsh. Okay. Your father doesn't speak to you now? No. Is that because of his ego?
0: Possibly. Because as I said, he he's very stubborn in what he... Wow. very at it, Look at how ego... E- ego's a... So I th- destructive. I very. Was, yeah. I was actually justifying that about my stubbornness. Because my father is stubborn. So obviously I would be stubborn. Which I had a choice not to be.
1: I'm going to ask you another question. Yeah. Do you believe that you two are very similar men?
0: Yeah, very much. Wow. And that's the problem well, because you cannot you have, have lo- two you lost radioactive people ego. in the same room. Yeah. The yeah. two
2: of you lost each other yeah. because of ego.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. And s- yet, I would...
2: underneath it all, you both love each other so much.
0: Uh, yeah, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> Do you oh, think well, there's th- a well, lot? My father, I think yeah, it's pretty me,
2: fair yes. to say. You know, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have sent you off to the UAE on your own if there wasn't a love yeah. and a care for you.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, ow. So, yeah, but I mean, I'm hoping... I I, I still haven't accepted that it, this is... Uh, I have lost it completely. I mean, lost him completely. There's still a way time. I, I'm hoping uh, to uh, to fix that, hopefully.
2: Have you, like, flown home and gone home and... No, I'm... Knocked the door down? Or no. is your ego stopping you from
0: doing Not that? Not from the ego, actually. Initially, it was the ego. Yeah. And then later on, I couldn't travel because of all these issues. Of course, you get, get travel, travel banned? Band. But now... Uh, since last year, I was clear from the travel bans and everything. So what's
2: stopping you from going?
0: I am going in May. I'm planning to at least, yeah. Keep <laughs> us updated. You'll have objective. to let us, us four, know. four and a you half you have years. to let us know. Yeah. Wow. Like it's sort of
2: coming full circle, isn't
1: it? Yeah. So. Keep us updated on that. I, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really... Yeah. I wouldn't say good way, but yeah, an I don't, interesting think really, to
0: Because even now, uh, even uh, when I, I'm close to talking to him on the phone, I don't know how to talk. And yeah. I, I don't I think you can know only how to handle it, I would say. I think
2: say. you can only talk from the heart. Yeah,
0: yeah so I still if don't you, know how I'm going to face him and well, what I'm going to talk or how he is going to talk to me. I have no clue. I
2: don't think you can. Like, how he speaks to you is not something you can control yeah. or anticipate. Yeah. I think all at The end of the day, you came here today, yeah, and you're sharing your story yeah. with an entire audience.
0: I was actually very, so, nervous was like, This is oh, the very first darn. time I'm telling you Well, all Maybe, this maybe, maybe we pondu. were,
2: maybe we were your dry run for your conversation you with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: yeah. gonna wrap it up there, but yeah. you have to tell us how it goes, how it goes. with your Definitely. father. So, Definitely. yeah, we'll bring you in for another episode and you can tell us that Hopefully. journey. Haida, <laughs> yeah. thank you for sharing your story with us. I know Yo that welcome. took
0: courage, so yeah, thank Yo you. you. I'm glad, I'm, I'm very glad to be here. Like, when I saw the podcast, I was like, Yes, there we go. This is what. On other podcast like I want to be on thanks and that's when I, I, I texted uh, and then I was like yeah thanks for sharing Welcome. your story with yeah. us today yeah. and I, hope
1: it I really work. sincerely hope it yeah. works out for you I'm going to stay thank in you touch so much. Cool. thank, you, so thank you Haida. thank, thank you. you
2: thank you for listening to Rooted Within
1: if you like this episode please make sure you drop a follow so you never miss an episode in the future Rooted Within with Lily and Dan